Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. We are told in the scriptures, if any man is in Christ, or woman for that matter, they are a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. One of the marks of being a true believer is that our lives have been changed. We are no longer like we used to be. The Bible tells us that we are brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want you to join us over the next few messages as we are sharing with those who have come to Christ what difference should be noticed in our lives as we follow him as our Lord and Savior. If you are not sure about your relationship with Jesus Christ, Pay close attention to these messages. You'll find out what the difference is between those who walk in the dark and those who walk in the light. If you were to ask 10 people at random who Jesus is, you probably would get 10 different answers. To some, he's merely a man like any other man. To others, he's a great moral teacher, the founder of one of the world's greatest religions. To others, he's a madman, uh, instigator of some of the evil in the world, especially when they look at the, the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition, and the religious wars, etc. Some people say he never existed. And to many, he's nothing but a name to curse by or to swear by. In this book of Mark that we've been studying, we have begun to discover who Jesus is through his work and through his messages. His work in this book has been fast and furious. I thought of that as I observed the activity of Jesus in the 8th chapter. The 8th chapter mark begins with the feeding of 4,000. This is not the 5,000 that he fed in the other chapter. He teaches a lesson to his disciples and warned them to watch out for the Pharisee as they were be likely to derail the ministry if they could. Then in this 8th chapter, he heals a blind man by spitting in his eyes. As he's going further with his disciples, he asks them a series of questions. And when Jesus starts asking questions, things can get a little bit serious. He asks this question, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and then lose his soul. That's what he asked. Nobody answered that one. And then he asked, what would you give in exchange for your soul? We asked that last week and nobody answered that one either. What would you give in exchange for your soul? And then we're going to look at a couple of other questions that he asked this morning. And it seems that he wanted to get a picture of what people were saying about him. He also wanted to hear from his disciples what they thought about him as well. In Mark chapter 8 verse 27, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi 
On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some said John the Baptist, and others say Elijah. Still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ. I want to look at this passage a little bit. In the past, when we look at it, we just seem to go right through it. But I want to look at some of these a little bit closer. The first question was a broad and general question. Who do people say that I am? Jesus knew who he was. But he wanted to know what do the people say. And before we look at the answer... Let's look at the people. What people? Who do these people say that I am? What people? Who are these people that are saying anything about him? Well, these people were those who watched him teach and work miracles from a distance. These people were the one who enjoyed the fish and the loaves when he was feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000. These people included the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the politicians. Those were some of these people. These people included the woman with the issue of blood that had to press her way through the crowd and say, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be made whole. These people also included the the folks that owned those pigs that the demons got into and ran off the cliff and was drowned. They told him, you need to leave town. That was some of these people. These people included the blind man that Jesus healed and Jairus' daughter who was raised from the dead. She was one of these people. These people included the rebels who were looking for the Messiah to come to overthrow the Romans. They were some of these people. It included those who heard the testimonies of those who were spreading the news about this man and what he was doing. They were talking about him. They were these people. But who do they say I am? Jesus is presupposing that he is coming up in somebody's conversation. Somebody must be talking about me somewhere. Otherwise, they wouldn't say anything about me. But who do they say I am? The people of whom he's asking about are not those who have not been exposed to him. He's not talking about those who never heard anything about him. He's not talking about those in foreign nations. He's talking about those who have had some exposure, whether by personal observation or by somebody else talking about him. When people have not heard of or have experienced Jesus, they have no opinion about him and they're not talking about him. When they haven't heard of him and had no experience, they ain't talking about Jesus. One of the challenges in the church today is that church people are not talking about Jesus. Let me say that again. That's one of the challenges in today. Church folks are not talking about 
Jesus outside of the church. If Jesus would ask you that question today, and he would say to you, he walked right up to you and he would say, who do people say that I am? You know what you're going to say? I don't know. But he's going to ask you in a different way. He's going to say, who do your co-worker say that I am? That person you've been sitting in the cubicle next to for five years, who do they say I am? Who do your neighbor say that I am? Or who do the people you work out with say that I am? The ones you play golf with, who do they say that I am? Who do the people you carpool with say that I am? See, but folks who haven't heard anything about him don't say anything about him. But hopefully you would have some message to say that they are talking about you because I'm talking about you. Who do people at the hairdresser and the barbershop say that I am? Now, I've gone to the barbershop. They're talking about everything else, and they're hardly ever talking about Jesus. Who do your friend say that I am? It's kind of quiet in here. I just, all I hear is the air conditioning. <laughs> is anybody talking about Jesus around you? If not, that's because you haven't brought him up in the conversation. Mm. See, I thought this was going to be another one of those. Who does folks say that I am back in Jerusalem? But who do folks say that I am in humble? Would you say, I don't know what they would say because they never come up in your conversation? We're talking about everything else and we're not talking about Jesus. Have you noticed in this lesson that we've been looking at in the book of Mark, if you've been going along with us, you've seen where Jesus has done something in the lives of people. He healed the blind man and he said, now listen, don't you go tell nobody what I've done. And the blind man said, okay, hey, let me tell you what Jesus did. He healed the lame man and said, don't you go tell nobody. All right. Hey, I couldn't walk, but Jesus healed me. He couldn't stop them from spreading the news. He couldn't stop them from talking to somebody about the goodness of God and what he's done in his life. He told them not to tell it. And somebody wrote a song, said, I said I wasn't going to tell nobody. But I just couldn't keep it to myself. What's going on in the church that the church folks are not that interested in talking to people about Jesus? Uh, listen, you don't have to be intimidated by what the culture is saying, separation of church and state and all of that kind of a thing. If the church is in you and you in the state, you can't be separated. <laughs> Paul said this in the book of Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first the Jew, then the Gentile. For the, in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous, the just shall live by faith. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And none of us in here, consciously in our minds, says we are ashamed of the gospel. We don't say that. We just don't put the gospel forward. 
Paul also said this in Romans, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? There are people who don't believe in the Lord. How can they call on him and how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? They can't believe in him if they ain't heard about him. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? This word preaching is just proclaiming what the Lord has done in their lives. And how can they preach unless they're sent? And the Lord says, I'm sending you. How can folks not know about Jesus when you're in the presence of him? What are you talking about if you're not talking about the Lord? He ought to come up in your conversation sometime. He ought to come up in your conversation sometime. Uh, you don't have to wait for a miracle. You can just say like the old saints used to say, he woke me up this morning and he started me on my way. And so here's Jesus then trying to find out uh, through his disciples, what are the people saying and who do they say that I am? And the disciples replied to this first question, who do people say that I am? They replied, some said John the Baptist, some Others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the prophets. Let's look at John the Baptist indicating when they said John the Baptist, they're thinking that he has come back from the dead. They thought it was John doing the miracle work that Jesus performed. They said it must be John the Baptist because he's doing this thing. Even Herod the king was suspicious. I wonder if that's John who came back from the dead after I had had him decapitated. And even John the Baptist had to answer this question for himself. Who is this? In Matthews 11 too, when John heard in prison that what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one that was to come? Or should we look for somebody else? Do we expect somebody else? Or tell me exactly again who you are because of what you've been doing. I want to know who you are. Some say Elijah and some say one of the prophets. Even Matthew in this passage mentions that uh, some say you're Jeremiah who's come back. The Jews were on the lookout for the return of Elijah the prophets. And so they were coming up with all kinds of opinions and ideas about who Jesus was. In John chapter 1 verse 19, this was John's testimony, John the Baptist, when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. And he did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I am not the Christ. And they asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He said, no. So there was a popular opinion that Jesus could be Elijah. He could be one of the prophets. And then they even said, maybe he's John the Baptist. Verse 22, finally they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I'm the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisee who had been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? They were trying to figure out who was this man who had come up on the scene without a big announcement, but he was doing wonderful miracles and divine things and teaching the word of God. If you ask who Jesus Christ is today, you're going to get all kinds of answers. Who is he? 
There are many opinions. There are theological positions from religions, from atheists, from prognostics who would say he is this or that. In Islam, Jesus is one of several thousand prophets sent by Allah. He was sinless, born of a virgin, a great miracle worker, but he was not the son of God. In Judaism, the Jews do not believe he was the Messiah, nor do they believe he was the son of God, nor that he rose from the dead. They don't believe it. In Hinduism, Jesus is a teacher. He's the son of God as are others. But he did not rise from the dead. For the Jehovah's Witness, Jesus is not God. Before he lived on earth, he was Michael, the archangel. Jesus is not coming again because he returned in 1914 in spirit. In Mormonism, Jesus was created as a spirit child by the father and mother in heaven. His death on the cross does not provide full atonement for all sins, but does provide everyone with resurrection. And you can go on and on with the different religions and New Age and Scientology and all kinds of opinions about who Jesus is. But after hearing what others were saying about who he was, Jesus came to the most important question, and that's the question today. In verse 29 of our text, he said, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And that's what I want to ask you today. Who do you say he is? Oh, it's one thing to sing about, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. But it's another thing for you to be able to say who he is. When you finish listening to your friends and your co-workers using Jesus' name in vain and talk about they don't believe in God, who do you say he is? After your favorite talk show host, talking about the many avenues to inner peace and to that guiding light and that walk toward enlightenment, who do you say he is? When your family members may tell you Jesus is not for us today, Jesus still have that same question, but what about you? Who do you say he is? Each man and woman is going to have to stand for themselves before the judgment and give account of who Jesus is. See, when you stand before the judgment, you can't stand up there and say, well, I was going after you and I was thinking you was the right one. <laughs> but all of my friends kept telling me something different, so I was trying to figure out which... No, no, no. Peter stepped up and said, you are the Christ. I don't know what was going on. I, don't, I can't really imagine the full context of this conversation. But I'm wondering why he was the only one who said something. There was a, a lot of disciples there. But I know Peter had a quick trigger and he would jump up and say things. But somebody else ought to say, yes, he's right. There are people sitting in church today that are not sure who Jesus is. There are people who have come down to the altar call and have said, I invite you to be my Lord, and they still don't know who he is. But who is this Jesus? Jesus is God, the second person of the Trinity. 
He is co-equal with God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. He was born of a virgin by the Holy Spirit. In his own words, he say, I am the way. He's the only way to the Father, only way to salvation, the only way to eternal life. This Jesus is the one who died on a cross for full sacrifice and payment of our sins. He rose from the dead on the third day. And if I was missionary Baptist, I would say, didn't he get up? <laughs> Early, one Sunday morning, with what? All power, where? In his hand. But he rose up on that third day and, and he physically ascended to heaven. And he will come again visibly and physically at the end of the world to establish God's kingdom and judge the world. That's who he is. That's who he is theologically. But if you have received him as your Lord, and your Savior, you may not be able to articulate who he is theologically. However, you will be able to testify about who he is to you. You may not be able to say it like others who know him. You may not be able to speak up like Peter, but you'll be able to say who he is. If you know him and you have experienced him and he's come into your life and he's brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's broken the power of sin in your life. You used to be addicted to drugs but he saved you and he broke that drug addiction. You used to be in fear and apprehension about who you were but he gave you a new life. You will be able to talk about who he is. Somebody already have given you some help when they said he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. They said he's the bread of life. He's the bright morning star. Somebody said he's the chief shepherd. He's the Christ, the Messiah. Somebody said he is the door. He is Emmanuel. He's the friend of sinners. See, you can just talk about who he is to you. You can say, I don't know what anybody else is going to say, but I know who he is to me. He's the great shepherd. He's the high priest. He's the I am. He's the lamb of God. He's the light of the world. Somebody said he's the prince of peace. He's the resurrection and the life. He's a sure foundation. He's the truth and he is the way. It was the hymn writer who said, What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. When the Spirit of God comes into your life, you are a different person. You will walk different, you will talk different, and you will allow the Holy Spirit to completely control your life so that God can do some amazing things for you and through you. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that these messages about living the holy life, the Christian life, has been a help for you. If you would like to hear today's message again, you can hear it on our new podcast. It's called The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Just download the podcast app on your iPhone or your Android and go to 
The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message as well as previous messages. You can share the message with others who you think may benefit from it. Let me invite you as well to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 16161 Old Humble Road. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a great series right now, and it will be a blessing and a benefit to all of you who come to know the Lord and want to grow in your faith. The Light of the World is a place to believe and a place to belong. Join us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. The Beacon Bookstore is open on our campus for Bibles, books, communion, and church supplies. Call us, 281-441-2885. That's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.